Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 197. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, Kevin Rankstraw. How are you doing there, Kevin? Doing pretty good. We're recording early in the morning. This is, uh, maybe, maybe this is the earliest we've ever recorded? I think so. Oof. I will try to remain awake Jeez. and coherent during this time. I'm not a morning person, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. How was your Christmas? Christmas was, it was good. It was hectic, but good. Yeah. Yours? Oh, it was good. Yeah. Mine was that mine, 70 degree weather. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. We went to... We went to go see the tree at Rockefeller, and it was. I was wearing a T-shirt, and I was still hot. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was bizarre. It's quite bizarre. Yes, yeah, so it felt. It felt weird. It felt really it weird. Extreme, extremely weird. Uh, yeah. Good. Good Christmas all around, though. Um, mine wasn't hectic. Mine was pretty laid back. Mine was nice. Well, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this week on the show. We'll be rounding up 2015 by discussing our top movies of the year. Very exciting. We'll also be talking about some Star Wars in a spoiler review. So we decided to wait wait a couple weeks here, and that way we could just get get all the spoilers out. Most people have seen it by now. We'll be sure to uh, put a disclaimer up before we start the review, and we probably won't discuss spoilers until a few minutes into our review just in case. And then we'll also be putting warnings all over the show notes and all that stuff. I think a lot of people have already seen it like two, three yeah, times. Yeah, most people have seen it multiple times at this point. We'll also be going over some of we'll watching on the watch list, movie predictions, new on video on demand, and Blu-ray releases. First up, I don't actually have any news. I mean, there's some Star Wars news. There really wasn't much that came out this week due to the holidays. Uh, Star Wars surpassed $1 billion worldwide. Wow. $1 billion. Didn't see that coming. I mean, I predicted this that it was going to be the it was going to be the the highest grossing film of all time. Like I, 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 it, was, I, don't, I don't think anyone needed to predict that. I think it was just a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Uh. So it's it's just destroying every it's shattering every record. It's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think probably. Probably by the end of January, it'll it'll have surpassed everything. It'll it'll beat out Avatar for the number one spot, which yeah. it should. Why is Avatar number one? Come on, it's still bizarre. To me. It should not be number one. What I'm what I'm wondering is if it's gonna if it's gonna beat the original Star Wars for uh, adjusted gross because if you uh, on Box Office Mojo they have a uh, box office gross adjusted for inflation mm-hmm. and. When you adjust it for inflation, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, is the second highest grossing film of all time. Okay. So I'm wondering if when if it's going to surpass that. I think it will. It's like, I think the original Star Wars, I don't have it in front of me, but it's like somewhere around $1.6 billion or something. Wow. So I th- it has potential to, to pass the original Star Wars. So much money. Interestingly, the number one highest grossing film adjusted for inflation is uh gone with the wind yeah yeah could it surpass gone with the wind <sighs> who knows in terms of of numbers oh boy um don't really have any other news i do want to uh talk about a comment that was that was thrown at us last week on our uh regarding our carol review of course this comes from youtube 
I feel like all the all the trolley comments come from YouTube. Yeah. Uh so, yeah. That. So I just wanted to read this out. Uh this is from a a user by the name of Curious Bastion. Uh-huh, okay. Curious Sebastian, sorry. Uh this is straight up this is regarding our our Carol review. That is straight up homophobic to say that people have to pretend to like a film with queer main characters. Carol is based off a book written in 1952, and the reason the film is getting the overwhelmingly positive reviews is because of Haynes' direction. Subtlety isn't something Philistines usually appreciate. <laughs> so <laughs> you got served. Yeah, I want to address this uh, because now I've officially been called a, a homo lover. And a homophobe. That's like two ends of the spectrum being thrown at me here. What were you called a homo lover? Oh, back way back when I reviewed that um, that uh, Christian movie. Oh yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a complex man. Adam. Yeah, you just you just can't win. You just can't win. You're a complex man. Now, if you go back and listen to the review of Carol. I did say that people were just liking that movie because of the subject matter, and I stand by that. Uh, but I was really trying to figure out why it was getting such accolades. I was I was trying to formulate a theory as to why this movie was was so so popular this year. Gotcha. Not popular, but acclaimed. Yeah, people love Carol. I mean, I'm not going to apologize for the comments that I said. I didn't. I didn't feel like it was homophobic <laughs> at all. So I'm trying to remember what you said. I pretty much said when we were at the beginning of the review. I said, "What's the big deal with Carol?" And I said, "I I believe that some people are liking this just because of the the subject matter in it, or claiming to like it because of the subject matter." Gotcha. Straight up homophobic. Yeah, I mean, how is it homophobic? I don't, I don't get it. Like, was it, was I saying like, was I telling people you shouldn't like it because of the, the gay themes? I don't think so. In fact, I never said that I didn't like the movie to begin with. <laughs> yeah, you just weren't that high on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I liked the movie. It was fine. Anyway, yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, just, movie. just thought I should uh, should point that out, and, and for the record, I'm I'm not homophobic. One thing that does bother me, though, is that you know this movie is is, is getting such attention when there are plenty of other LGBT movies that came out this year that are getting no that, that aren't getting talked about whatsoever, and I feel like they should. Yeah. I mean, movies like Tangerine, 52 Tuesdays, Duke of Burgundy, these are all movies that, that should, I, I feel, should be getting talked about more than Carol. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I would agree with you. Yeah, I liked all three of those more than Carol. Yeah. So, still, uh, just to set the record straight, I, I didn't dislike Carol. If you listen to my review, it's, it's not that I, I was just trying to figure out why it was so popular. and. Hayes is directing, or Haynes is directing, rather. I, I didn't think that it was anything special. Nah, nope. And the Philistine comment, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> just true. Maybe, maybe you have something there. Maybe you have something there. I'll give you that. One. I'll give you that one, buddy. There you go. 
Anyway, start, starting off kind of on a sour note, really. It's all right. All right. Let's talk about our top films of 2015. Now, Kevin, what did you think of 2015 overall? What were your what were your thoughts? Brief thoughts. In summation, 2015. Go. Uh, 2015 was a pretty good year, I have to say. There wasn't a lot of. I'll go out and say that there wasn't a lot of you know a large number of films that like completely blew me away, masterpiece style. But overall, pretty pretty impressive slate of films that I got to see. Plus, there's still so many that I didn't get to see that I've heard nothing but good things about. Yeah. You know, which is always the bummer thing when we get down to the end of the year and we make our list and everything. There's always a couple. Yeah. I always feel like a complete asshole that I haven't seen every single film from 2015. Yeah, because then it's always it always sucks, especially when you when you make lists like public lists like like what we do, because there's always like caveats that you have to add you yeah. know, before you start your list. Like, well, I didn't see this and this and they may end up on the list. And then like after you see them, you're like, fuck, they should have been on the list. And the worst part is a lot of times you'll see that movie like four days after the fact yeah exactly like so close <laughs> you get to see it and you're like god damn it yeah that would have that would have been top five for me this year so if if you follow either of us on letterboxd we keep a running list of our top movies of the year so you can go to each of our letterboxd pages and uh check out our full list uh my list is currently at 220 movies this year Damn, mine's at 126. That's still good, though. That's still impressive. Well, the thing, is, the other thing too, is it's so difficult nowadays to know like what the 2015 release. I, I have not. a, I have a very strict uh, rule set that I use. It has to be a non-festival release. It has to have some sort of theatrical or VOD release in 2015 in the U.S. Yeah. That's kind of what I go by, too. The only thing that makes it difficult is movies that, that come out at the end of the year, the very end of the year, because then then that, that really muddies the waters. Because, like, for instance, Selma, uh, that I don't believe got a decent release until 2015, but that was, by and large, considered a 2014 movie. Yeah. So and they're, it's going to be the same way for me with, like the hateful eight, yeah, hateful. Not. Yeah, I'm not getting them until 2016. Right. Yeah. Um, the Revenant and the hateful eight is going to be one this year for a lot of people that that uh, slip through slip through the cracks because they're not getting a, any kind of wide release until next month. But then again, it's the, those types of films I don't feel too bad about because they're so fucking big that everyone's going to be talking about them anyway. So you know. Do you really need me to be like, yes, that's my number seven film? Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I thought that this was a really good year, too. I, I think that there were some some big standouts. It's always hard for me to, to look back at the year when it's when it's just ended. It's easier for me to look back, you know, several years down the road. Like, I could look back at 2012 or 2013 now and be like, yeah, it was a great year. It was a solid year. Because yeah. it's it, to me, it's all about how memorable the movies were in like as a whole. You know, there like for me this year, there were a number of really, really huge movies just that came out that 
were my personal kind of movies like that that just appealed to me. Well, yeah, and plus the whole, you know, how it sticks with you, kind of like you were saying. You know, you can be really big on a movie when it first comes out and right after you saw it and when we're discussing it and everything, but then, you know, you're looking back at it seven months later and you're just kind of like, I know I like that movie, but right. why? Why was I so big on it? Exactly, exactly. Like, I think about the artist sometimes and how I was so <laughs> huge on the art. I, I gave that, like, a 9 out of 10. I was like, oh, it's the best movie of the year. And it's like, I, I, don't <laughs> even just like I barely remember that movie. Like, it's, I remember there being a dog. Yeah, it's I like... I still haven't seen that movie, actually. <clears throat> well, you don't... At this point, you don't need to. I mean, it's, it's kind <laughs> of the gone. point. <laughs> That, that I missed the train on that one. That was the movie of that year, and that's it. It's it's interesting. I think Quentin Tarantino talked about about this recently because he was talking about It Follows, and then he was talking about um he was ta- I can't remember the other the example that he was using. I think it was um um the kids are all right or something or one one of those like really really popular dramas. And he was talking about he was comparing them, and he was saying like. You know, there's there's certain movies that that get all the praise that year and get all the critical praise and win all the awards, but then they get forgotten. But movies mm-hmm. like movies like It Follows, that'll stick. That'll stick with people. They'll remember that. People will be watching that years down the road. It's just like um, in, in, in the, uh, the the Oscars <laughs> when Ordinary People won the Best Picture and beat out Raging Bull. Yeah, you know, it's like there's certain well, yeah, there's a lot of movies like that because I, I still I think about this quite often. Like, who watches The English Patient? Right, exactly. <laughs> you, I never hear anyone discuss, bring up, not even like in a joking manner, like making fun of the movie. I just never hear anyone talk about The English Patient ever. Yeah. Except for the year that it came out. Yep. Which makes me wonder, did that movie actually come? Was that a real movie? Or was I saw that an, it. An elaborate joke. I, I saw it. And it was, I was too young, I think, to really appreciate anything about that movie. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'd be too young now to appreciate anything about that movie. <laughs> All I remember is that it was so freaking long. And at the time, I, was, I think it was like probably 10 or 11 when that came out. It was just so boring to me. Yeah, I can see that. So anyway, looking at, looking at my list, I think, uh, I think it was definitely a good year. I would say on my list... You have to go down to like the around the 121st spot to get into movies that I actively did not like. And even that, actually, I probably some of these I probably could reorder. I've been reordering this list all weekend. Yeah. Really, really. I mean, if you there's too many, there's just too many for me to order in the middle. Really, what you want to look at on my list is the really the like the top 30. And probably the bottom ten. Avoid the bottom ten. Check out the top thirty. Everything in the middle is is different shades of meh. Gotcha. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's talk about. We're gonna. You want to do twenty? It's up to you. What do you want to do? Well, I think in our in our written. Well, you're doing fifty because you have to one up me all the time. But. I think we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing top 20 in my, in my written list. So let's just Weak. stick with that. Let's just do top 20. I, I've been reorganizing this list right up, right up to the wire, right up to the wire. So 
I don't know. This this is no, by no means a definitive list. This is entirely arbitrary. I'd say the top, my top five will probably stop, stop stalling. All right, let's talk about number twenty. Kevin, what's your number twenty? My number twenty is five star. Five star, solid Direct movie. It is Keith Miller. Yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah, this that that one was a surprise. I quite enjoyed that one. That's number fifty-five on my list. It it sounds bad, but it was. It's actually. I mean, I liked it quite a bit. No, I I know what you're saying because I think on my list, if you get once you get down to like, I think up until like fifty three, fifty four, these are all films that I recommend. Yeah, like exactly. Or another, and then everything after it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. So five star. Who who directed that? I don't have that in front of me. Uh, Keith Miller. Keith Miller. Check check that out. That one's. I recommend that one too. My number twenty is Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid. Yeah. Love this. Love this movie. Big surprise. I didn't I was excited to see it, but at the same time I, I didn't expect much because there's a there's a lot of movies like Turbo Kid out there. There's a lot of movies that kind of have the um eh, like the the throwback kind of retro nostalgia trying, vibe. Yeah, you know, trying to yeah. trying to get those nostalgia hooks in. Yeah, yeah cashing in on that nostalgia train. But uh this one really works and has a surprising amount of heart to it, which uh, was the one thing that, that really surprised me and uh, made me enjoy it. So that's Turbo Kid, my number 20. What's your number 19, Kevin? My number 19 is Reality. But Dupio. A little Dupio action. Dupio. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't quite as taken with this one as you, but uh, it's, I'd recommend this one too. I just love the, it's, the absurdity of it all. Yeah, if you're, if you're into absurdist comedy really weird kind of kind of goofy stuff got that dream logic going on yeah it's much better much more refined dream logic going on than what he's normally done because while i liked his prior stuff he kind of he draws it out a bit too much but i think reality was the one where he kind of he tweaked it for me and got it right he honed in on it yeah okay. laser focus yeah I recommend reality. I, I, my number nineteen is one that I'm sure that you don't recommend because you didn't like it, and that's dope. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I I, don't I had a blast with dope. I love '90s hip hop, and I love the hip hop culture. And I just I thought that this movie was really funny. I loved the fast paced kinetic style of this. There was so much going on now. Uh, one of the one of the criticisms you had uh, about this movie, if I remember correctly, was that it was just it was so heavy on plot, and I, I completely agree with that. But it wasn't enough. It didn't. It, it didn't. It, didn't attra- it detract for me. I thought that it was. It added to just the the chaos that was this movie. And yeah, dope. Big fan. Dope. All right. All right. My my number eighteen is Mommy. Okay. They were doing. This is one that's kind of. Dropped for me. It's one that I keep coming back to. And I'm like, man, I was really high on this one when it came out. Yeah. But now with everything else, it's just like, it's, you know, I was like, oh, let's drop it at one space. Yeah. Okay, there let's were, drop it two spaces. There were a couple. I'm not going to say which ones, but there were a couple that were really high up on my list that dropped way down. Yeah. But mommy, performances, performances, performances. Yeah, well, well, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Just a little foreshadowing. My number 18 is Mustang. Mustang, all right. Yeah. Uh, 
This one, this one was, it was a lot heavier than I initially thought it was going to be, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I thought that this was a great, great little film, and uh, absolutely check it out. It handled quite well, the subject matter and everything. Yeah. There was, there, was, it, there was a little trepidation at first, because once you figure out what's, what's going on, you, you're kind of worried it being a first-time director and everything, that it's going to be a bit heavy-handed and kind of down your throat, but damn. Yeah. The way it was handled. Yeah, definitely packs punch that one. So check out Mustang. If Actually, I don't know if it's available on VOD or what. In fact, let me just say, I don't know what the status of any of these movies are at this point <laughs> as far as home viewing. So write them down. Add them to your watch list on Letterboxd. Just just wait for it to come around and pounce on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what's your number 17? More Fu. Okay. From Jessica Hausner. Uh... And the main reason is number one, cinematography. Every, pretty much every single scene is like a perfect shot. Just the framing and everything is absolutely fantastic. The production de- design is great. The The story itself was actually quite surprising because you know me, I'm not a big period piece type guy, but it's just, it's so bizarre that it's kind of, it's kind of got like a black humor to it mm-hmm. because the guy just, he's looking for love because he wants to die. And it's just weird that how it's played. It's played so straight and like such a romantic comedy, period piece romantic comedy. But it's about a guy trying to find someone to commit suicide with. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's very odd. Which, this is, uh, I do know what's going on with this one. This one's on Play Instant on Netflix. Okay. You can check that out right now. Cool. Uh, my number 17 is Goodnight Mommy. This is uh, actually, you know, just looking at my list here, I didn't really see that. There are a number of horror movies on my list, and that usually doesn't happen. I'm a huge horror movie guy, but at the end of the year, on my main list, the horror movies rarely make the cut. And this year, there's actually quite a number of horror movies on this list. So that's, I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting observation I just made. Um, Goodnight Mommy, really interesting, slow burn horror movie uh, about... uh, uh, mother who comes back from being in the hospital and her twin sons believe that she may not be who she says she is. Oh shit. And shit gets real in this movie. It sure does. It gets real. Yeah. If you, if you have a problem with, uh, creepy children, maybe, you know what? Check it out. Check cockroaches. You have a problem with cockroaches. Yeah. Lots of cockroaches. Maybe Maybe not. Still great though. I I love the the cinematography in this movie as well. So, in fact, again, looking at my list, one of the main reasons that most of these movies were picked was cinematography. Yeah, with same the here. exception of <laughs> with the exception of I think probably two of them. Yeah, because I don't know if three. you saw my the 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 top fifty that I posted yesterday. I've kind of foregone the whole like trying to write out a little blurb because I just got sick and tired of doing it. So well, just for 50 kind of, of them, geez. Yeah. So I'm just like, just like one word or whatever. And pretty much like when I'm going down through them, everything's just like, oh, what did I like the most? Visuals. What did I like the most about this one? Visuals. Yeah. It's pretty much for all of them. Yeah. And for my next one, which is number 16, A Thousand Sons, directed by Matt Diop. It's a documentary it's a hybrid type deal. And this is only like 45 minutes long, 43 minutes, something like that. It's a short doc. I think we talked about it on the last podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, 
Again, main reason, visuals. Uh, the subject matter at hand. The fact that it's like pretty much just a, it's a solid documentary at the start from the outset. And then it just makes this complete shift, just this like seamless shift into a different genre altogether. And the way it ends and everything that it tackles in this short amount of time is uh, quite spectacular to be able to pull all that off in only like 40 minutes. Cool. That's a thousand suns. My number 16 is Ex Machina, directed by Alex Garland. I, this, is, this is another one that I was mildly interested in seeing this, and the end result was not at all what I expected to, to a certain degree. And yeah. uh, I came off of it just uh, really, really impressed with this one. And I would, I'd say if you're even remotely into science fiction, check out Ex Machina because it is solid. Yeah, I don't know if you can say that you're into sci-fi and not watch that one. Yeah, exactly. Because it's definitely one of the best sci-fi movies of the year for sure. Number 15 for me, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that's a little bit higher on my list. Vampire Mind <laughs> I know, and I feel bad because, and this is the number one thing I hate about you know, trying to rank movies, especially when you're, you, you know, you have all these different genres going on and comedies kind of naturally, well, and this, horrors, to, horrors to a certain extent too, they kind of get pushed down a little bit. Yeah. Because if I set it up against, you know, one of the other movies, I'm like, well, I mean, one's a, doc, a mockumentary about vampires and the other one's like a serious right. exploration of right. human themes. What, uh, so, what Mary does on her list, and hers will be posted up probably sometime this week. What she does is she picks the best of each genre, there you and, go, and compiles that as her top top ten list of the year. And she was going through all the comedies this year, and this year was just an awful year for comedy. It really yeah. was. There yeah, was like there was like comments. four notable ones that came out. There was like what we do in the shadows. Appropriate behavior, wild canaries, maybe train wreck if you want to include that or spy. I would just I would count Alfred Leisure before train wreck. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what we do in the shadows is a little bit higher up on my list. My number fifteen is the Wolf Pack. Wolf Pack. Yeah this this documentary really uh it it just really hit me. I saw it at Tribeca I think and. Yeah, it just uh, really struck a chord with me. I thought it was a, f- a fascinating little documentary, and it just—I've seen it twice now. I saw it. I saw it again after it it came out, and uh, it—I enjoyed it just as much the second time around. So I, I think that these are just the the Angelo brothers are just fascinating characters, and I want to see more of them. They they had a, an art installation here in the city recently. And I I. I want to see them do more. So you see, you just want to see what these guys got going on. Yeah, because I think what they're, they're up to. They had such a horrific sort of upbringing, but uh, at the same time, they're they're just such uh, creative guys. And, yeah, yeah, all I, right. I highly recommend <clears throat> the Wolfpack. All right, my number fourteen. <sighs> it's <laughs> it's, a, it's like such a struggle all of a sudden. I just, I don't like saying this title, but I feel as though I have to say the title because it's the title. So I'm just going to say it real fast. Uh, so my number 14 is uh, Field Niggas. E. 
so yeah okay yeah. i didn't know what you're what you were going for there and i was like what, are, what is he is he talking about i don't know what title he's talking about yeah so that one uh uh kalika law <clears throat> and just again visuals um and just the originality of this like document it's almost like he reinvented the the city symphony film genre where he, he just uh, he's just talking to people in the street and he's just you know filming them but the in the way that he doesn't um he doesn't match up the audio with the visual it's just it's quite interesting yeah i haven't i haven't seen this one yet but it's a, it's on my watch list i just haven't got around to it and one it's very many. and very uh enlightening because it gives you you know kind of like a window into a world that at least i've never seen or been a part of so yeah. Yeah, very interesting. I don't know where you can see that one. I don't. I this don't think is the one. If you search, it's on uh, Vimeo. You can oh, watch okay. It for free. Oh, cool. My number fourteen is Spring. Ooh. Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead. I this this is such a such an interesting movie. It's it's hard to categorize it in any kind of specific genre because it's a little bit of everything. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely a love story. You know. I think it's centered around a love story, but there are definitely horror elements in there. There are definitely comedic elements in there. And uh, I was just really, really taken with this movie. See, this is one that I was kind of, I quite enjoyed when I first saw it. But then, you know, when I'm kind of going through the list and looking at all these films, it's one that just kept getting pushed down and pushed down. Because I really, like, from right now, looking back, I can't, I can't like pinpoint anything that I liked about it. I know that I enjoyed it when I watched it. Yeah, you can go back just, and listen to our review, or maybe see I it just, again. I just don't know what it was. The visuals were really quite marvelous in that movie. I yeah, I would imagine that I like the visuals. <laughs> I'll tell you, the movie that that did that for me was Wild Tales. Wild Tales was like number four on my list for the longest time, and. As the weeks went on, I forgot more and more and more about that movie to the point where I remember almost nothing I, about that, that is movie. The, that is the biggest, I think that might be the biggest movie from this year that still, when I see, because I wasn't that, I mean, I enjoyed myself when I, when I watched it, back when we covered it. I thought it was all right. It was a fun time. That's still one that, like, when it pops up, you know, I'll see someone on Letterboxd give it, like, four stars. I'm just thinking, what is what is it with Wild Tales? I remember loving it, but I honestly cannot remember anything about that movie. I remember how it was structured, where it was just, you know, vignettes. Well, short stories. But I, for the life of me, I can't remember a lot of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All right. What's your number 13? My number 13 is The Idiot Faces Tomorrow okay. by uh, Cameron Warden. Which is uh, I just covered this a couple like last month or something like that. A little indie. It's on Vimeo right now. You can watch that sucker for free. It's uh, again visuals because it's a mix of like super eight millimeter VHS, sixteen millimeter HD. It's got a little bit of everything. It's a smorgasbord. Um, it it is. It truly is. It's like it's like if Ponderosa was a movie. <laughs> Golden Corral. The Golden Corral, the movie. <laughs> Just the origina- originality of it. Um, it's a challenging film. I will be up front. 
you know, it's two and a half hours of experimental stuff, but it's definitely worth it. Cool. What, what's the title of that again? I always forget. The Idiot. The Idiot Faces Tomorrow. Faces and I also, tomorrow. another thing is the central performance, the guy that, the main guy, is it's it's a good performance and everything, but I don't know who it is because there's no credits to the movie. Because hmm. at the end, it just says a film by, and then it has all the names listed of people that did stuff, but it doesn't tell you what they did. Interesting. So whoever that guy is, good job. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know who it was. You should when you when you're making your your. I uh, almost did. I almost. You should just put, put the just, guy from. I almost put just this guy from. <laughs> that and it was just going to be a picture of him. That would have been I funny. Have, I should have done that. Uh, my number thirteen is the Revenant. Dick. By, you're uh, dick. Alejandro G. In your two. So I just saw this one this weekend. So it, it was really tough for me to put this on my on my top 20 list and I didn't even know where I was going to place it because it's this one's so fresh for me that I really I just don't know and that's that's the other kind of downside about these movies that come out late very very late in the year I don't know where this one's going to sit because I'm honestly still processing this one uh same with the hateful eight really I'm, I'm still processing both of those movies because they just came out this weekend and uh, I'm just coming off of them. But what what I can say for for certain about The Revenant and the reason, the main reason that it that it ended up on on this list um immediately was the visuals. I mean, this whoa, whoa. This movie is absolutely freaking gorgeous and it is so visceral. That 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 would be my one word descriptor of this this movie. It is visceral. Yeah. Do you think that it's a movie for pussies? <laughs> no, no. P- p- pussies need not apply to the Revenant. This is a man's uh, movie. I- yeah, I've seen. I've seen. Forget women ever seen this. Well, that's that's the thing. Like I've seen. Um, I've seen several blurbs. I haven't read any full reviews for this this movie yet. Yeah, the only thing that but... I've seen is the Jeff Wells thing. Which was just like, give me a fucking break. And then the Peter, Peter Travers thing, where it's just like, what the fuck is Peter Travers doing? What, wait, what did Peter Travers say? He was the one that was like, oh, it's, it's not a movie for pussies. And I'm thinking, you're Peter Travers. Like, shut the fuck up. What are How old are you? <laughs> you write for Rolling Stone. You fucking love every movie. Yeah. <laughs> The the and reason like, for him writing were... movies is to generate pull quotes for yeah. Facebook. Like all you do is write pull quotes. Uh, yeah. I'll talk a little bit more about the Revenant when we when we go over our our watch list. But yeah, that's my number thirteen. Okay, that's number thirteen. So we're on twelve now. Yep. So this one is this is where we get into the my weird rules structure type thing. Um, number twelve is the winds that scatter from Christopher Jason Bell and. This is weird because it's not it's not distributed yet, but it was for two days open on Vimeo. So to me, that's that's enough. Um, I would say that that is enough. Yeah, because that you know everyone had a chance to see it, so I count it. I I would count that because Vimeo is I consider Vimeo to be VOD, and even even if it was like for free, available for free for two days. I would say that uh, I would still count Vimeo as, as like a video on demand provider. Yep. So I I yes. would count that well, on mine. I'm counting it. Counting it up. 
Uh, this is this is one I'm quite high on. Quite enjoy this film. Cool. Yeah, and I know you've been you talked that up quite a bit. Uh, my number twelve is What We Do in the Shadows. Certainly the funniest film of the year, in my opinion. I just I had a great time. I had a blast with this one. This is another one that I've seen multiple times, and even on second second watches, it's still just as funny to me. Yeah, it's definitely my brand of humor. It's it's the kind of humor that that I like, where it's it's dry, but it tends to get goofy too, and it doesn't it in no way takes itself seriously ever. And that's that's one thing that that we always talk about that kind of irks me with some comedies is when they try to inject drama into it. Just yeah, that, I mean that's one of my favorite things about that movie is they sustain the comedy. It's interesting because. It's interesting because I think that good movies, I think all good movies need to have some humor, unless unless it's like The Revenant, <laughs> unless it's a movie that is that is designed to beat you down mercilessly. But I think most most movies uh, do it right when they have some humor in there. But I think that it, inversely, it's not the same. Like I don't think uh, yeah. drama makes a good comedy. But yeah. I think comedy does make a good drama. Yeah, it's always good to have that little bit of levity in there. Yeah. But yeah, I did, yeah, that's the only thing with uh, what we do in the shadows is you do get a little bit worried there when they add the, the beast to yeah. go down that storyline. But they're still able to keep the comedy in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited for uh, his, <laughs> his new movie that's going to be at Sundance this year. I just want to see every movie he ever makes. Yep, same here. And I hope he makes a movie like every year. Same here. Every year. Every fucking year. <laughs> All right, what's your number 11? My number 11 is That Sweet, Sweet Blood oh, of Jesus. Oh, boy. That Sweet Blood. That Sweet, Sweet Blood. I just, I just realized that I forgot Chirac. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I must have uh, forgot to add it to my oh, list cool. after I saw it. Oh, boy. Oh, well. God, That's Jesus. one I missed. Uh, yeah, the, the, this one I was just not, not real big on, that one. Big fan of the visuals. They're all they're all execution. And uh Zara. he's back. He's back. He's fucking back. Big time. Two of them in there. Uh my number eleven's Bone Tomahawk. For whatever reason Sorry. For whatever reason I was just you said bone and I was like, he's gonna say bone thugs in harmony. <laughs> I don't know why. Bum 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 Uh and I'm gonna miss everybody. <laughs> but yes, that's they're not a movie. No, they're Bo-tomo. not. Tomo. <laughs> I wish they were a movie. Yeah, it'd be great. Bring that back. When's when when are we getting that biopic? I would love that. It'd be fucking amazing. So I, I was really struggling, really struggling with Bone Tomahawk and the Hateful Eight. Like these two movies, they're both westerns, they both star Kurt Russell. And I could not decide which one I liked more uh so yeah did you, did you tie them up no i was did gonna you... do a tie but then i was like no ties are for wimps oh not for ties are not for actually for... actually what did it the the tiebreaker for me was really the visuals and um you know the hateful eight just edges it yeah. out by, a, by yeah. a pretty large margin so yeah, Bone Tomahawk number eleven. If you haven't seen this, it is a horror western, and it is just, uh, in my opinion, it was fantastic. I love the the thing that really did it for me in this movie was the the script. I think the dialogue was yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. Great. Unique characters, 
again, fair amount of comedy injected into this one, and I think that it really greatly benefited from that. So yeah, it definitely uh, lightens the mood a little. That is bit not a handsome horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bone Tomahawk. If you have not seen that one, I think that 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 uh, definitely deserves <laughs> to to be talked about more. Great poster on that too. Damn. Hell yeah, it's got a wonderful poster. All right, what's your number ten? Getting my into number the 10. top tens here. here oh we go. shit! And my first in the top ten is actually a short, so this is different. Uh, Six Cents in the Pocket from Ricky Dambros. Okay, it's a short film. Like 12 minutes, 13 minutes, 14 minutes, maybe 15. I don't know. Could have looked it up. Didn't. <laughs> uh, again, visuals, uh, the framing of all the shots, fantastic. Uh, the originality of it all. And uh, one of the main things that I loved about this thing is there's a sequence where the, the main character, whatever, <clears throat> leaves the place and goes home. And during this time, they just, they just uh, stack shots of the path that he would take on, but they don't actually show him walking that route. And then it's scored by Albert Ayler and it's just, it's fantastic. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Cool. My number 10 is the hateful eight. Big surprise. Oh boy. Tarantino. I'm actually a little bit surprised that it's not higher. Yeah. Well, again, this is one where, so I, I get back from the theater, saw this in glorious 70 millimeter. Uh, it, it was, plopped down at number three on my list but then the more i thought about it that it kind of dropped and then it was back up and then it dropped so this one i just it's all over my list at this point i've been i was reorganizing it right up to the wire so tomorrow maybe i'll amend the list and it'll be higher but for now the hateful eight's into number 10 all right number nine for me is heaven knows what okay stop these this yeah. uh, this is just a this is a bit of a brutal raw film. Yeah, and I just I like their whole aesthetic, everything that they got going on in their films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The performances, the score, everything just works for me. Yeah, uh, definitely kind of adds new definition to the to the docudrama term. Yeah, yeah. But my number nine is Girlhood. Whoa! Yeah, so- I was not ready for that. Yeah, I I loved this movie. I, I was able to see this in the theater, and it was I went into this one expecting nothing, and came out with a uh, quite uh, quite I'll a say. quite a powerful film for me. I'll say ending up at number nine. Yeah, on top of Tarantino again. Oh boy, again. I've been re reorganizing this. No, list they're fucking they're locked in incessantly. So no, nope. yeah. For now, you're locked. You're locked. You now officially hate Tarantino. <laughs> If we go by your history throughout mm. the years, Girlhood being on top of the Hateful Eight means that you hate Tarantino. Well, interestingly, this kind of goes back to what we were saying about, you know, movies that get forgotten. I guarantee you, by n- next year at this time, I'm going to be like, why? Why did I put that there? Because the Hateful you're already, Eight... Is, the you're hateful already eight, starting it. Oh, come on. I can see oh. it. I can just... I can see it happening. But for right now, I think Girlhood... What I like to do for my for my top list is I try to do like a healthy mix of movies that I think people should see. Like I try to keep the list as interesting as I can. I mean, sometimes there are big, you know, big budget popcorn movies that just 
I loved so much end up on the list regardless. But sometimes, (laughs) if I can, I like to include movies that that I think people should seek out. And Girlhood is definitely one of them. Oh, I have one at number eight. And this is on Netflix Instant right now. You can watch this son bitch. And it's, that is uh, Approaching the Elephant documentary mm. from Amanda mm-hmm. Wilder. This is uh, quite, quite good. Black and white documentary. Subject matter is forever intriguing. Just watching all this play out. One of those, I forget what they're called. The schools that kind of have, it's kind of like a democracy where the kids get to decide what they do throughout yeah. the day. Like what classes to have, what to learn. And they vote on stuff. And it's just... It's it's something else watching this. My number eight is uh is also one that's kind of something else to watch, and that's the Duke of Burgundy. Ooh, yeah i I saw this. This came out pretty early in the year, and man, I just it stuck with me. This is this is one that stuck with me. I love the the visual style of this movie. Was it was right up my alley, and I think that um, it was just. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it was definitely one of the most unique movies of the year for me, and and uh, directed by Peter Strickland. Just loved it. Loved the Duke of Burgundy. Loving that Duke of Burgundy. And again, I mean, it definitely the reason that it is so high up is certainly the visuals in this one. Got good performances too. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, you know discount any any of the other aspects of the film, but no, nah, I think you're shitting on those performances. No, nah, they were they were, they were like great performances, toilet. but. A human toilet. <laughs> human toilet. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. So, what? Seven? Yep. Number seven. Another one that's on Netflix instant. That's Wild Canaries from Michael Lawrence Levine. This is, uh, this is a great little comedy. I and Yeah, and I always have a tendency to rate comedies a bit higher. Mostly because I think just doing comedies, I think, more difficult. When it comes to the other types of films, like dramas and stuff, you're dealing with pretty much universal human emotions, whatever it might be, grief, loss, whatever, you know, all that type of stuff. But not everyone's funny. Right. And like, you can't just be funny. Yeah. And co- comedy is, I believe, and I think we've talked about this before, I think it is the most subjective yeah. genre in film. Like. If it's not, if there's a comedy that's just not your your style, it's not going to land for you. It's not going to work. Yeah. And yeah. also, again, we did, we've talked about it numerous times. It just, it, to me, it feels like comedy. While people love comedies and they love a good comedy, it, it's kind of undervalued, it seems like. But especially when it comes to, like, year-end lists and awards and stuff. Like, no one, no one takes comedy seriously. No, it's the same as... Horror. Nobody, nobody takes them seriously. Yeah, they're but, they're somehow less than, and uh, that that always bothers me. But making people laugh is fucking hard. Yeah, I totally agree. Kind of bouncing off of that, my number seven is It Follows. This Ooh. is a, a horror film that I think deserve. It, it is getting attention. It is getting awards attention this year, and I think that it is certainly a film that 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 breaks the mold when it comes to. Um, you know, kind of pigeonholing the horror genre. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, uh, again, visually, this movie is just leaps and bounds above uh, most other films in the genre, and it's just uh, absolutely worth checking out if you haven't seen this one yet. All right. Whoa, six. Macbeth. Justin yes. Kurzel. 
I wish I was able to to fit this one in, but I, I this is I'm one so of the com- I'm so confused by this one too. I I mean it's Macbeth, it's Shakespeare, it's Fassbender, it's Marion Cotillard, but it seems like it it didn't really get a release. It got a weird release, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean there was so much going into it too, like the trailers and the, the marketing that I saw for it, and then just like nothing, just kind of like fizzled out. Or they just kind of snuck it out for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah. Shit, visuals, visuals, visuals. Uh, and visuals. My number six is Heaven Knows What. Oh, look at you. Yeah, huge fan of this one. It, it is a great movie. Like you said, it is it is a brutal film in a lot of ways. I mean, if you are in kind of a rotten mood, don't don't watch it. Or maybe follow it up with some sort of palate cleanser directly after, because it will beat you down. This is a this is a really tough movie to get through but it is uh superbly made and the fact that you know ariel holmes it's based it stars her and it's based on her life and, yeah. it, and it's essentially her reenacting her own life i i find that infinitely interesting especially considering how difficult her life yeah. was and keep in mind this is one that peter travers says is not for movie pussies <laughs> it's not for movie pussies oh god that should be his full code for that for every movie from here on out it should just say Peter Travis says not for movie pussies Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks road road chip not for pussies alright here we go top 5 what's your number 5 shit what is my top 5 oh my first one you can get this sucker on Fandor. Get your Fandor. Sign up for that shit. Stinking Heaven from uh, Nathan Silver. This, this is this is, this is, this is playing in theaters right now if you live in New York. Oh, well, good for you guys. I would love to see this on the big screen. Shot in beta cam. How many movies came out this year shot on beta cam? <laughs> uh, one. 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 <laughs> it's called Stinking Heaven. Go fucking watch it. Uh, the visuals, uh, the originality of this thing, the performances, the whole, the entire ensemble is great. Uh, this is it's a uh, it's an extremely extremely dark black black comedy about a sober home where they're having a lot of trouble staying sober and being good people. And uh, I highly recommend it. My number five is the tribe. Oh, the see one that I didn't get to see. This uh, I feel like th- this is one that it got woefully overlooked this year this is this is a truly unique movie going experience if you see the tribe it's if you're not familiar it is uh the the entire film is in sign language and there are no subtitles and just it's that in and of itself is like nothing i've seen before and when you fold that into this strange very dark story about uh this this school for the deaf that is completely corrupt in every single way where it's sort of like blue spring where the the kids are uh, basically running the place it's and they're awful awful people yeah most yeah most of them are just terrible awful people it is just uh just a fascinating movie again very brutal very tough to watch at times but uh absolutely worth seeing in this again it's called the tribe i don't know if it's i don't think it's out yet 
I don't think it's out yet. No, on, you're right. On you're right. That was one that when I was playing festivals and when it first came out, I mean, fucking everyone was talking about this thing. Yeah, and then it just, it just, just got forgotten. It's sh- it's nothing. Yeah, it's it's really a shame. I I feel like I don't I know. Draft House put it out, but I don't exactly. Know. So it's I would imagine that it's on like Amazon or something. I don't know if it is yet. If it is, something. If it is, definitely check it out. I should look into that. I guess. Yeah. Number four. Number four. Uh, one that hasn't really dropped, and it's been there pretty much all year. Sabbatical from Brandon Colvin. The Long Street action. Long Street. Gotta get that Long Street. Are you kidding me? The everything about this, the framing, the cinematography, that ending, uh, Long Street, the Long Street action, uh, and just the overall, the overall look, the whole aesthetic of this film. Quite enjoyed. Muted everything. Everything's muted. <laughs> yeah. Mute all of it. Uh, pretty much the opposite of muted. My number four is Tangerine. Yes, I would say the opposite of muted. <laughs> everything was pretty, pretty bright and vibrant in this. Everything through a megaphone. Yeah. You know, uh, so I was looking up, just out of curiosity, I looked up the budget from this movie. hundred grand. It had a $100,000 budget. Yeah. And... I'm maybe it's just because it got nominated for so many other awards, but it wasn't nominated for the Cassavetes Award at this year's Spirit Awards. Yeah, that's it is interesting. I mean, maybe it's uh, my only thing. My only, um, I'm guessing it's because the it was also nominated for Best Picture, and they didn't want to double up, and they wanted to kind of give that award to maybe a less higher profile movie. But I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. That'd be my guess. Fantastic movie. I I absolutely loved Tangerine. I think that it was absolutely a marvel to look at. There were some fantastic performances in this, and I think that uh, everybody should just check this out, especially budding filmmakers, uh, so you can see what can be done with a very small budget and an iPhone. Yeah, it is ridiculous what they're able to pull off there. My number three is Mad Max Fury Road, George Miller, and main reason, Fire Tornadoes. Fire Tornadoes. Fire Tornadoes. I'm a big fan of Fire Tornadoes. Um, there's a lot of action involving Fire Tornadoes. There's explosions in and around Fire Tornadoes. So I'm going to say Mad Max Fury Road at number three for those reasons. Did you hear that they're they're possibly going to be releasing a the a black and white version of Mad Max in theaters? Yeah, I would like to see that a lot. Yeah, I think that'd be really interesting to see because it's the the color in this movie. It's so saturated and bright. I would like to see what it, what that looks like in black and white. It'd be you'd be watching a completely different movie. Yeah, that's I want why, it. That's why I'm really interested to see that. My number three is Mommy Xavier Dolan. Oh uh, yeah, I just I loved this movie. I loved it. Absolutely oh, freaking loved it. Nice. It was uh, an emotional roller coaster, and I was just so transfixed on this one the whole time. Uh, nice. Just yeah, can't can't recommend it highly. No, I'm still a little on the fence about him as uh, a director, but this one really, really. Why? Why though? Because that's pretty much. Well, it's not. Why am I on the fence, or why did I love this one? Why are you on the fence? Because I was thinking, I think you've pretty much liked everything from him, right? Pretty much, yeah. I don't know why I'm on the fence. Um, I, well, I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of Tom at the Farm. 
You're just playing hard to get. I really liked Lawrence anyways. That's probably my second favorite of his. Damn straight. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not. I don't know why I'm on the fence, honestly. We got to work through that. <laughs> we'll, de- we'll, de- we'll dedicate a podcast to that one. What's your number two? My number two is, interestingly enough, it's a short. Hmm. In Search of the Miraculous by Sam Kuhn. 16 millimeter short, only like 15 minutes long. 16 minutes. Again, I don't know the length. I, I could have looked it up, but I didn't. I do know that I've seen this movie like 27 times this year because it's on Vimeo for free. And I just pop it on occasionally. I'll just be like, what can I do? Watch this and just keep watching it. And I just love everything about it. This is one of those picks that there there might be some personal bias. You know, like, it, it, do I actually think that it's the number two best film of 2015? Maybe not, technically speaking, but personal. Yeah. Well, these are personal lists. These these yeah. are my these are my favorite movies. These these aren't necessarily what maybe you know what I'm gonna say. That I think they are the best. And I'm I'm more than likely as soon as we're done this, I'm probably gonna watch it. Nice. Uh, speaking of personal bias and favorite movies, uh, my number two is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Holy shit, Star Wars! Yep. Spoiler. Uh, apparently, you liked it. We're gonna get we're gonna get into this in just a little little bit, but man, I just I had such a great experience with this movie, and um, yeah, it it easily this one easily landed on uh, right up there for me. So nice. Now I'm trying to think of like what your number one's gonna be. It should oh, be okay. obvious. Yeah, now I do know. <laughs> for a second there, I was like, what could it be? And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I know what your number one is. What's your number, number one? I already know what yours is. Yeah, yeah. I like how we're predictable. My number one has not changed actually from 2014, really, because yeah. I had it as my number one last year, but it turns out it didn't come out last year. Uh, so mine is hard to beat God. And the main reason is for every single fucking thing that's in this movie. It's just, this is insane to me. This, is, this entire movie is just insane. I don't understand how someone did this was able to pull this off yeah everything everything blows my mind in this movie it's pretty crazy pretty crazy production uh my number one's mad max big surprise oh my goodness (laughs) big big surprise there this just uh i've I've said it i've talked about this this over and over everybody's been talking about this over and over so i don't need to i don't need to beat a dead horse it's just amazing and i loved it i heard it has fire tornadoes is that true uh, I'm, uh, uh yeah, I, I believe that there are. I believe that there are yes. indeed some fire tornadoes there. I'll check that shit out there. Yeah, uh, I think I think so. So that's our top twenties. Pretty pretty varied list this year. Okay. We had yeah. some, we had some of the same ones, but uh, it's pretty unique, I'd say. I would say so. Some surprises. Yeah. Some frustrating picks that just piss you off. Who knows? No, not really. Everything. I know. Just trying to make it more dramatic. You can uh, tune into the site. The website this week will have more uh, lists that are coming up. You can check out Kevin's best male and female performance articles. Those are those are really those are getting a lot of traction. Those are really good and um, really really solid lists. I would add after seeing The Revenant, I'd probably add Leonardo DiCaprio to your to your male list. Yeah, probably. I get. I figured that. Oh. Uh, again, I'll get into it a little bit later, but 
let's go ahead and uh, move on. Also on the on the site, we'll be having uh, other specific lists. Like I'll I'll probably do a top ten horror movies. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna be doing top ten docs this year. Usually we try to fit that in. I'll be doing worst movies of the year. All of oh. all of that fun stuff. So uh, keep an eye out this week and probably next week too for some additional stuff. So. Yeah. Let's right. go ahead and jump into our review of Star Wars The Force Awakens. So this is this has been out for two weeks now. I think that it's safe that anybody that wanted to see it has seen it probably multiple times. So I'm gonna put a spoiler warning up for this entire review. We're not gonna spoiler. we're not gonna separate spoilers or anything like that. This is gonna be a full on spoiler review. Anything that happens in the movie we can talk about. So if you have not seen it, if you do not want to be spoiled, check the time codes in the show notes and skip ahead to after this is over. Stop listening right now because the first words that are coming out of my mouth for this movie are going to be spoilers. Uh, This is directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, It's written by um, Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams. And stars Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis is in there, Donald Gleason's in there, Anthony Daniels, Max von Sydow, Peter Mayhew, Whew. yeah, Gwendolyn Christie, lots of people in this one. I have a synopsis here. Three decades after the defeat of the Galactic Empire, a new threat arises. The First Order attempts to rule the galaxy and only... A ragtag group of heroes can stop them along with the help of the resistance. Now, obviously, oh, you just heard you just heard where it landed on my list. So we'll start with you, Kevin. What did you think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? Oh, uh, I forget where it landed on my list because it wasn't it was a part of my post from yesterday. Yeah, it was uh I can't remember where it was like it on was your list. Thirty two or thirty one, something like that. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Um now, obviously for me if you follow the show or anything, I only watched the originals. Like, what was that? Like last year, yeah, the last year, year before <laughs> last year. So I'm not, um, I'm not someone that's like a diehard star Wars fan. I'm not like completely fully invested and, uh, all those types of things. So my expectations were, I didn't really have expectations going in. I was just hoping that for a fun time, really, that's all I wanted. Um, and that's pretty much exactly what I got. Yeah, and I have to say because be, and I saw this with Ryan. It was a guy's day out. Me and Ryan went and saw this, and I you know we, you know we're talking about it afterwards and kind of discussing everything. And the the main first of all, let me. What was his reaction? He liked it. Okay. He enjoyed. It. He enjoyed it. But, did, he, but he was when, still he was still thinking about some things. He wasn't quite sure. the The best part of it was I took him home, and before I left, he was like, "Hey, what are you doing next weekend?" I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I, th- I have some things going on, and I'm not sure. I was like, why? Well, you want to do something? He was like, well, you know, if you want to see Star Wars again, just let me know. Okay, so. We can, we, we can go next weekend. All right, so he loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as we came out, he was like, I'm going to have to watch that again to fully form my thoughts. And then we were kind of thinking about it, and the, the main thing that came up was, you know, how did, what did you think of it compared to the original? Yeah, And for me, thinking about it a little bit, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I think I've liked it more than the original. And it's for two 
main reasons. Simple reasons. Hold on. Number real, real quick. Do you mean the original, all of them together, or just no, like no, no, a, just a the new original, home? original? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and for two reasons. Number one, uh, I fucking hate C three PO. I fucking hate that character. I hate him so much. So there wasn't that much of him. And actually, when he popped up on the screen, I in my head I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. But luckily, he he wasn't around that often. And I I don't like Luke Skywalker. He's just all he fucking does is whine and complain, and I just don't like him. So I, we don't have those two things. And I like all the characters that are in this one. So I gotta be honest, I kind of like it more. This is something that I've been that I've been kind of milling over in my head as well, and I I think that it's it's a tall order to say like oh, I'm pretty sure that this one's better because especially especially because I've seen the original so many times and I've yeah. I've grown up with it I've had it my whole life so well, that's what I mean like I don't have this like huge attachment right yeah yeah I mean you're you're taking the the nostalgia out of it completely you're you're taking because you don't have those memories. Exactly. So I, I think that that's kind of an interesting perspective. Now, I would say that it is on par with the original. I would say that it is at least equal to the original for me. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'd say that it's better than Empire, but really you would have to compare apples to apples in that case and say, is the second one, is episode eight going to be on par with well, Empire? And that's... Because by and large, uh, this is pretty much a remake. I mean, it is. Yeah, it, it follows almost the exact same beats as yeah as the original Star Wars. And it has like all the same themes and everything. Yeah, and I mean, like the the characters, the new characters in this are pretty much parallels of the originals. And some people are, draw issue with that. Some people are criticizing it for being too close to the originals. But it's like. You can't win. It's like this is what you guys wanted. This is you. You wanted the original Star Wars, yeah. and that's what you're getting here. So why are you complaining? <laughs> just just be happy that it's good. Yeah, and I mean for me, again, we talked about it numerous times how it's like they're just trying to build up the goodwill. They're trying to win over people, and you know, because everyone's kind of trepidatious. Is like, is this going to be the whole prequel thing again? So it's kind of like their way of just like gently putting a hand out and we're sniffing it like, oh, okay, yeah, this this seems okay. In the sense that I like the main thing that I thought after watching this is for me that made it a success in my eyes was, do I want to go on more adventures with right. these people? Yes, yes. And exactly. yes, I do. I I like them. I want to see them in adventures yeah. and I want to see new locations, which was the biggest thing for me is that I loved all the worlds that they went to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. Loved the look of them. And I just want them to go places. I don't even care if they have to blow up a ship or anything. Just go places and hang out. And maybe lightsaber battle once in a blue moon. Sign yeah. me up. I'm fine with that. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that the that this this movie was pretty much all just... It was all about characters. It was all about introducing us to these new characters, establishing them, establishing their role in this world, and reintroducing us to this world. Yeah. Because we've been away from it for a long time, and they pretty much just write off the prequels completely in this one. I don't remember any kind of mention of anything that occurred in the prequels. <laughs> so, 
that's good. I, I, I take that as a win. And one of the, one of the big things for me is just the look of, of this, this one compared to, cause it looked more in line with the original trilogy rather than the prequels. The prequels looks looked awful. It looks good. Like everything involving when we're introduced to uh, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray, like all, all of that just looked, it looked gorgeous where she's like, you know, uh, scavenging through the, the wreckage and everything. And then when she comes out and you see the giant ship and mm-hmm. she's just a little speck and she slides down the hill and everything, it it looks fantastic. Yeah. And that's what I want from Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that, the, the all the ships, all of the the robots, the machinery, the aliens—they all looked in line with the original trilogy, and they looked completely different than all the stuff that happened in the prequels. Like everything in the prequels was shiny and CG, and everything looked animated and and just too clean. Whereas mm-hmm. in this in this one, it's it's a lived-in world. It's a it's a world that's been ravaged by war and. Everything looks real, and that's probably because most of this is all practical effects. Yeah. Which the only the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit, and again, this might be I don't know who else is worried by this. Maybe it's just me, but because I don't like Luke Skywalker, I'm worried of where we're what the next one's going to involve. He's gonna train her. I know, and I'm just like, how much of an involvement is he gonna have? I, I, because I could... I can almost guarantee you not much. I, I was not. I was actually surprised at how how much uh Harrison Ford was in this. I mean, he was like a big part of this movie. Yeah. Like he he was in it way more than I thought. I thought that what the original cast was going to have in this was going to be pretty much a glorified cameo. But yeah. they they actually played a much bigger role than I expected. I mean, now Mark Hamill obviously was a cameo, but that was all just Set up. He grew, yeah, he grew a beard. He looked like Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi. That's what he looked like. And <laughs> that was his involvement. What? That was his involvement. He's like, I'll grow a beard. You're like, okay, that'll work. Yeah. So, Han Solo getting killed. What'd you think of that? I uh, this is funny because after the movie, Ryan has to go to the bathroom, so I wheel him into the bathroom, and you know how long that takes getting the process situated in. So as we're trying to like wheel them past everybody, because the fucking bathroom is packed, all the theaters let out at the yeah, same time, and Ryan not being able to control the volume of his voice, just goes, "I can't believe they killed Hot Solo." I'm just like, Ryan, shut your mouth! <laughs> you just yelled out the biggest spoiler in a room full of people. Like, come on, man! Yeah. And I don't know how many people's you know days he ruined. <laughs> But he did that. But uh, it was predictable as all hell. As soon as he shows up and as soon as as you're like, God damn it, what is with you guys and killing dads? As soon as they, yeah, as soon as they um, met on that catwalk or whatever, I knew, I knew it was all over. Well, even before that, when they're like, oh, he's your son. I'm like, son's going to kill dad. Bet you. (laughs) You know it. Because you know Han Solo, what the Harrison Ford was probably like, I'll be in the movie, but kill me or something. Because I don't want to be in all the other ones. And imagine, you got to, considering that, you know how much money he had to make just to show up in this one? Well, yeah, he, I think I think that they said he made money. more than all of them. 
He had to because he had they had to at least give him like three movies worth of money for one film. Yeah, he he made more than all of them, which is just insane. Well, I thought he did a really good job. In fact, I thought that it was. I thought that it, it seemed like he was actually trying in this movie. Yeah. Well, and I'm happy too. I'm happy because it was the main thing about this film that kind of irked me a little bit. I like that his involvement was pretty good because they actually like wrote him into the story and he had things to do. But everyone else kind of like what you said is like a glorified cameo. And it just feels like, hey, remember the old ones? Yeah. Remember this guy? And it's like, can you fucking stand on your own, please? Like, I, I didn't. I don't want to hear three CPO talk any more than I, I have to. I don't need Carrie. Like Carrie Fisher really doesn't do anything. She just pops up and it's like Princess Leia, right? Huh? Nudge, nudge. It's like cool. Let's. Your characters are interesting enough. Let's move forward with that. Well, she's like a general now, so she's leading. Leading. I know, but I, I, I gotta say that I am happy moving forward that. Because I like these characters enough that I just want to see these characters. I want to see Daisy Ridley. I want to see Oscar Isaac. Yeah. You know, I want to see them. Yeah, same same here. I thought that the, the, the new characters were, were very strong. I mean, like, they, they, I thought they did a really good job developing these characters. They were funny. They were, they were witty. They were badass. I, I'm, I'm really excited for all of those things. I do think it's a bit odd because me and Ryan were talking about this too. Like Ray, okay. I mean, they kind of skipped over a lot of things here, but it is the way they set her up. So she's someone that doesn't know that she has the force. All of a sudden, she realizes it, and next thing you know, she's fucking unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. So if she trains, she's gonna be fucking Superman. Yeah, actually, I had I had this exact same conversation with my friend Jesse because she's gonna fucking destroy everyone. She gets she gets a lightsaber and instantly knows how to use it and fight with it instantly. And now she's gonna be trained. Presumably, she's gonna be trained by Luke Skywalker, who is the strongest Jedi of them all. Yeah, like she. She's going to be on she's going to be an unstoppable force. She's already fucking manhandling Kylo Ren. Yeah, exactly. Who's who was also trained by Luke Skywalker. And they, they talk about how like fucking powerful that guy is and she's manhandling like literally 5 seconds after figuring out she has the force and she's wrecking everyone. Yeah, she's going to be she's going to destroy everyone. Which, yeah, I want to see her destroy everyone. Now, what do you think? Uh, what do you think her backstory is? Do you think she's Luke Luke Skywalker's she's, daughter? She's some. She's it, there's going to be some dad angle. I think she's Luke Skywalker's okay, daughter, but I'm obsessed with dads. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's now, gonna be something. now speaking of of Kylo Ren, what did you think of uh, Adam Driver as the villain, Kylo Ren? I think he works. I think I like him as yeah. he works for me. I, li- I, I like think him. It, to him freaking out, I thought it was a bit much, but I don't know. It's a minor quibble. Well, the the issue like why why is this guy so high up and have so much responsibility when he's like he acts like a five year old? Well, because he's like disturbed because the the, the I know, the but light... if you're gonna if you're gonna try and build an empire, maybe you know when you're looking for management and higher positions. You want to make better decisions than what you have going on here, because you got a guy that just goes into temper tantrums 
on a drop of a dime. You can't have that management. Yeah, because he's like caught somewhere between the light and the dark side. Like he's trying. It's like he's trying to be on the dark side, but the light side is. is... Yeah, which you would think if you're building an empire, you want to make sure someone is full on dark. Full side. on dark. Yeah. I mean, just every bleeds it. Every inch of his body bleeds the dark side. Yeah. Not a twelve-year-old temper tantrum guy. <laughs> it's not quite sure. We, you know, he might be on some days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of John Boyega? He was great. I enjoyed him. And like he used to, I think you hinted at when we talked before I saw it, the humor I was... Yeah, I he was, was, he was definitely the, the sort of the comic relief that was, that was occurring. And I, I, liked, I liked his character, Finn. He reminds me of uh, Han Solo, sort of. A little bit. Plus you have Ray's kind of like Han Solo, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And I got it just made everyone Han Solo. Because <laughs> Han Solo is the best character in the original. Exactly. He's... They're like, we're going to kill Han Solo, but we're going to replace him with five with Han four, Solos. With four or five other Han Solos. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, I think that uh, the character of Finn is, is uh, an interesting character. I like his origin, how he's a stormtrooper that, you know, is conflicted. I liked the, the beginning, how... He, how we were able to identify him with the blood, the blood yeah. on his mask. I like that that little touch, so that we'd be able to differentiate him from the million other stormtroopers in the scene. Uh, I like Oscar Isaac's character, Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. See now, comparing this to the Hunger Games, just we're talking about the names here. Okay. These are some badass names. I think I like these names: Finn, Ray, Kylo Ren. To me, these are cool names. Comparing them to like Katniss Everdeen, yeah, and th- like the the names in movies, some of these fantasy sci fi movies are so lame, and these these names they fit to me. They they work for you. They fit. Yeah, so I think that Oscar Isaac's character is going to play a much bigger role later on. Uh, the same can be said for a lot of these characters, like Lupita Nyong'o. She was barely in it at all, and yeah. and. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. We didn't even see her. She was in a mask the whole time, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah. And uh, she'll, I guarantee she'll be back in a big way later on. Cause they're... But I, I do love the, the fact that, you know, I got to see people from the raid. <laughs> as soon as they show up it's with the fucking raid guys all right yeah i was like i was losing my shit i was like oh my god what are they doing oh so that was so cool i mean you know that that had to be that that was definitely uh like a jj abrams had to have seen the raid and just was like i gotta have those guys in my movie yeah this yeah that was that was really cool that he included them unfortunately they didn't really have a chance to be badass but no it kind of got destroyed by those cooch balls yeah yeah uh so what did what did you think of the the action i mean there's plenty of action in this movie lots of action i I like the action i pretty much liked everything you know there's things that i don't like it like okay did it retread a lot of stuff and you know it, it had some of that fan service whatnot in there but it's it's a good time the action's great the locations are great. I love the creativity to it and the visuals and the, the effects work. And, you know, maybe not the, the storyline and the themes and such, but I just, it was fun. I had fun. I had fun. And that's all I want from Star Wars. I don't, 
I'm not sitting here thinking, you know, preparing myself when I go into Star Wars, like, hmm, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, the Maison scene is going to be unbelievable. I can't wait. I just want yeah. fun. I want adventure. And that's what I got. Yeah, that's that's what I want in Star Wars, too. I mean, it's a space opera. That's what I want. It's this giant, epic space opera that has lots of characters, lots of conflict, lots of action, you know, giant set pieces. And yeah. there was all of that in this. I mean, there was some great, uh, there's some great space battles, like some, some uh, aerial combat. There was some great hand-to-hand fighting. There was plenty of shootouts. I mean, it was, it was just fantastic. It was everything yeah. that I could have wanted in a Star Wars movie. Uh, I, like I said before last week, my very brief thoughts on this, I liked the BB-8. I thought that that robot was awesome. Much better than that fucking that gold hunk of junk shit. God, I hate that guy. I thought it was a little bit, again, ridiculous with the R2-D2. It's just like, he doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, three minutes later, like, oh, shit, he worked. <laughs> cool. It's like, oh, that was kind of lazy, but whatever. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to put too many robots in. Yeah, you don't. It'd just be overwhelming. Them. It'd be overwhelming with the cute robots. Yeah, I think BB BB eight, right? BB eight, BB eight. Yeah, I think he's got enough. Like you got enough cuteness in one. Robot. Yeah, and he's got he's got a he's got a lot of personality too, which I liked. I liked the uh, the whole lighter thumbs up thing. <laughs> that that was, and I, I don't the, uh, the like the grappling hook. Thing that he can do, yeah, would, yeah, kind of stabilize himself. Yeah, I thought that that's that all that stuff was really cool, and the the design of that robot is very cool. It's great. The fact that they were somehow able to make like you know bring that to life, yeah, I thought was just excellent. The, the attention to detail in this movie is one of the things that just really impressed me. Just yeah, every, everything I, about it. I think the first thing that won me over is when uh, Kylo Ren stops the oh yeah the laser so coming at him. Oh my god! And the way the way that they held it, and yeah, the visual of how it looked like it's all this kinetic energy uh-huh. stuck in one spot, and it was just like, damn, that looks great. Yeah, I've, that, that, that was that was awesome. That was a really. And then later scene. on, when she's fighting with Luke's lightsaber, and you see it's kind of like the old fashioned; it's just a solid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. light. And his is his is just like. Un, like uncontained energy, yeah, just like bustling around, and it's like, damn, I like that. I like the small things. Mm-hmm. I like the small details. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really small detail. One of the things that I liked a lot about this was the the scene when she was eating the weird little bread pellet thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just such a small thing, but it looked so cool. It's just they, they they made it right in front of you. Yeah. Like I don't know what I don't know what that was or how they did that, but it was really cool. Yeah, but it, you know, it's those little things that sell that sell the world exactly. That sell the adventure that you're in. Yeah, exactly. When you when you make big sci-fi fantasy movies like this, it's all of those small details that that really kind of transport you into this place, into this fantasy world. And I think in this case, J.J. Abrams did a fantastic job with, again, reintroducing us to this world that we've been away from for so long. And I, again, I'm not counting the the prequels because I think that they, they were, they were hindrance in that. Like they, they took us out of that world. Yeah. And now I, I, 
I'm really excited to see what uh, Ryan Johnson's going to do with the next one. I can't. can't it's, it's going to be great. And it, and if it's see the the thing that has me excited is that you know now the characters are established. We know we know the characters. We know most of their backstory. Obviously, we don't know uh, Daisy Ridley's character. We, we don't know where she's coming from. Like we don't know who her parents are, and I'm sure that they're going to reveal that to us in probably the next one. But now that all the characters have been established, they can start you know developing the plot more, and th- then we'll see them being badass more ba- more badass yeah and I, and I like all that so yeah star wars uh big thumbs up for me i was extremely pleased with it i knew that it was going to be better than the prequels so you know my expectations were fairly high going into it and like i said last week i think that i was the the perfect person to see this movie because i'm not such a such a fanboy of the of the series and of the, the property in general that I would nitpick it. Like I'm not, I, I, I like it, but I'm not such a, a, a rabid fanboy that I'm not going to see like, well, actually during this time they didn't have that model of robot or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that's just, just not like, there were some people that were like, well, where, where are the, like there's certain, like the Y wings, like where are the Y wings? Where are the B wings? And it's like, yeah, oh, I, don't I don't know where, I don't know. I don't really care. Like they had, it had X wings, it had X wings in it. So, and it had the millennium Falcon. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. It had enough for me to enjoy myself. Like I said, I, do I want to see more adventures? Yes. I want to see Daisy Ridley destroy everyone. And I'm actually, I'm actually really excited for the, like the side movies that they're going to be releasing as well, because they got some really great directors at the helm for those too. And I, I like the idea of, cause this is such a huge world. I feel like we're missing out on so much, you know, cause there's so much else going on other than this one giant, you know, war that's happening. Yeah. I would like to see some of the smaller things that are, that are going on in other parts of the galaxy and all of that stuff. So I think that, you know, rogue squadron is going to be cool. And, and, uh, the Han Solo one. I don't know if I need that one, but we'll see. I think it'll be interesting when we get to the point where there's a Star Wars movie every week. Well, that that yeah, that's the, that like that brings up that brings up another interesting thing. You know, not only was this movie just monumental, but it is go- it's just going to change everything. Like from now on, Star it's... Wars is going to be in our lives for the rest of our lives. We're going to have Star Wars. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bit much at times. Like there's because they they're basically gonna release one pretty much every year <laughs> forever. So yeah, we're gonna have Star Wars for the for the uh, unforeseeable future. Yeah. All right. Let's give this thing a score, Kevin. What are you gonna give Star Wars: The Force Awakens? Star Wars: Force Awakens. I'm gonna give it uh, like a seven and a half, eight. All right. Nice. I'm gonna give this one a nine point five. Wow. Uh, it's like a nine, nine, nine point five. Somewhere in the middle, nine point two five. Yep. Obviously that's playing in theaters right now, so if you haven't seen it, I, I wanna see it again, actually. I-, I have not seen it a second time. And I, I wanna see it again. It's one of the few one of the few movies that I actually want to go back to the theater to see. Yeah. Because I just had that much fun with it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our watch list. We're going to breeze 
through a lot of these because we're running short on time. Uh, I saw Black Coal Thin Ice. Oh, yeah. 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 Caught this one. Caught it up. Catch it. Catch uh, it. I had a great time with this. Like you said, uh, what was that last week when you, yeah. when, when you saw it? Yeah, that's what um, it was. Cinematography in this is oh, it's gorgeous. borderline outstanding. The, the camera work is uh, especially notable. There's, there's some, there's, 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 some two, really... there's two for me. The first is that the, the, the tunnel. The, yeah, the tunnel where they have the camera mm-hmm. fixed to the front of the car and it passes and it circles back around and everything. That was amazing. And then the one where they go to the ice skating rink and she's skating away mm-hmm. and he's kind of like following and they yeah. just down track the road. that shot yeah. Ooh. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I pretty much mirror everything that, that you said last week. It's uh, just a great procedural. I would yeah. say if you liked Memories of Murder, if you liked Cure, definitely check this one out. It's like basically the Chinese version of Memories of Murder. It's quite good. Yeah. Definitely. Black Coal Thin Ice, that's on Netflix Instant. Get it. Uh, my turn, huh? What do I got? What do I got? What do I got? I got uh, uh, Breathe. Breathe from Melanie Laurent. Her debut, I think, right? Mm. Actress turned filmmaker. I'm pretty sure it's her debut. Um, this, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting where this film goes. Uh, from the outside, it's kind of just, you know, Girl, new girl comes to school. They strike up a friendship. They get really close, and they, you know, they have some trouble because they're both kind of interested in the same guy. And you know, she has some secrets and all this stuff. It's kind of typical, and you're like, okay, this is I've seen this before. It's solid, but I've seen this before. But then, man, it just starts switching into different moods and different atmospheres, and she does it so well. And I mean, it just it hits you. The ending is a bit bit too much for me, but overall, I thought it was pretty fantastic. I was quite surprised by this one. And that is Breathe. I'm not sure. It uh, looks like you can play this on Amazon Instant. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's on iTunes as well. Okay. Uh, let's see what else do I have here. Uh, playing a lot of catch-up with the end of the year. So I saw Steve Jobs. Uh, really liked this one. Really enjoyed it. Didn't didn't crack my top twenty. It, I mean, it probably could have easily made it there if if I didn't see it so late before having to complete my list. Um, I really liked the way that that uh, Danny Boyle presented this. How basically it was three large events in Steve Jaw in, in in his life, and the entire movie. Each one takes place essentially um backstage of one of the giant apple press conferences one of the presentations so like you know the first one is um the introduction of um the macintosh and then the next one is the introduction of his next computer after he was ousted from apple and then the next one is the imac and it's just uh it's a really interesting way to kind of present to to do a biopic really and the fact that he decided to shoot it on three different mediums i thought that was also interesting although you can't really tell i mean it all looks it all kind of has a uniform look to it even though he shot it on 
I think it was like 1632 in digital. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, Aaron Sorkin, I I have a soft spot for Aaron Sorkin's script. I, I like his dialogue style, his very fast yeah. dialogue style. And I think that he chooses projects that fit his style. Are there and, just a lot of walk and talking in the backstage? Yeah, there is. I mean, the endless yeah. corridors. Yeah, there just is. Walking and talking. There's not, not, it's not overdone, but yeah, there's, there's some walking and talking. Get that walk and talk. But it, it yeah, I recommend it. I, I think that, Kevin, you would probably, you would, you would probably like Steve Jobs, even though you're not the biggest Danny Boyle fan anymore. I think you'd, yeah. you'd probably like this. It's not overly stylized like a lot of Danny Boyle's movies there's some stuff that he does like he'll do uh like he periodically kind of projects things on the walls behind people as they're talking and stuff so he does add some visual flair to it but it's not egregious yeah but yeah I do recommend Steve Jobs uh I have I only have one more and that's uh I was able to see Tears of God from uh Robert Hillier Barnett this is American indie that's going to be Hopefully, at some point in time, it comes out. Uh, this has been made by an undistributed list that I did earlier this week. And oh my goodness, this movie. Oh boy. <laughs> I feel bad for the other movies that are going to come out in the year that this comes out because I can already see this being like top three for me. Nice. It's just unbelievable. The, the cinematography in this is just, it's just outstanding. A lot of things that I haven't really seen before in film and uh it's got caitlin shiel plays the main character and it also has the the lead singer of future islands hmm. playing a like a priest type thing and it's a it's a horror movie of sorts and uh it's kind of it's a bit brutal it's pretty uh in your face with some of the the stabbings and whatnot so you're saying uh, that that i should definitely see this you you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna like this one you're gonna be into this one I hope everyone is into this one because it is something. Cool. It is quite remarkable. Keep an eye out for that. That's Tears of God. Yeah. I saw Joy. Oh, boy. David O. Russell. Not into Joy. Did not like Joy. Uh-oh. Yeah, it didn't. It started off really strong for me, uh, but it just it really fizzled out. Just really. F- I mean, he, he's got to. He, I like David O. Russell. But he's got to do something different. His next movie has to be something different. It can't be freaking Bradley Cooper and uh, and what's her name? Because <laughs> God, it's just it's just more it's just wearing you out. It's it's, it's wearing just... out. It's wearing out. It's welcome. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is great in this. She really is. But uh, just the the movie itself, it just nah, nope, did not work. So. Can't recommend Joy. That's playing now in theaters. If you want to to seek it out, I saw The Little Prince. I'm not going to talk about this one a whole lot because it's not out yet. But um, man, I, like I don't know if this was eligible for uh, Best Picture nomination or anything at the at the Academy Awards this year, but it should be because this was by far the best animated film I've seen this year. It is. It's nice. It's great. It's. I I loved the book growing up, so this this one really uh quite an emotional little journey. The way that they handle the adaptation of the book is interesting too. And it's a uh the the film itself is a blend of it's mostly CG, but they also do this kind of like paper style stop motion animation where it's like 
3D paper models. Yes. Yes. And that's all that stuff is outstanding. All the yes. animation is fantastic. There's there's some 2D animation in it too. Like they actually animate uh illustrations from the actual book too. So there's it's quite a quite a mix of things and it's uh just a great way to present the story. It's not just a straight up, you know, uh retelling of the book. Like the yeah. the plot of the book is in there, but the way that it's presented is is a lot different and and uh I liked it a lot. I saw the Hateful 8. Uh seeing this in 70 millimeter actually projected in 70 millimeter was was quite an experience. I got to see it at um I went to see it at the the theater that's right by my my apartment at uh, City Cinemas Village East and they have a giant um the their big theater. It's kind of like converted from an actual like uh theater theater and so it's it's uh it's old it's very large and just a great location to see a movie like this uh it's if you if you're not familiar the 70 millimeter version is actually like six minutes longer than the multiplex version and it's got an overture and an intermission in it so yeah all told it's like almost three and a half hours uh so it, it is quite an experience you also get a nice program like they give you a program when you go in and it's like this big full color program it's really cool just a great movie going experience so i would highly recommend seeing it in 70 millimeter if you can uh the movie itself is very much a tarantino movie it's exactly what you would expect from a tarantino movie uh oodles of violence just so much blood and gore in this movie uh more than i expected and it's it's probably his most divisive film in a lot of ways. It's pretty much Reservoir Dogs. It's it's a lot like Reservoir Dogs. And yeah. maybe that's why I didn't absolutely like 10 out of 10 love it. But the characters are worth the price of admission because each each one of the characters is just so colorful and the dialogue in this movie is out of control and it's just uh just a great movie going experience so absolutely check out the hateful eight i mean we hopefully you'll be able to see this soon and we can do a full review for it uh same with the next one that i saw the revenant oh boy this one is brutal the the i'm not gonna give anything away about this movie but the we, we all know from the synopsis right that he gets attacked by a bear right yeah that scene is mind-blowing it looks so real and it is so horrific Hmm. the shit that happens to him in this movie you're just like oh my god and just as i was watching it i was like how did they make this movie i mean this this is like it's like one of those movies in the 70s where you see where you watch it and you're just like holy crap how did they shoot this how did they even how did not how did people not get killed on the set of this movie it is it is wild i mean it is quite a ride definitely not a movie for everyone it just because of the brutality it is extremely violent it is extremely at times shocking and hard to watch um and it's like two hours and 36 minutes so it is it's pretty long too but i wasn't feeling the length like the the length it did not get to me at all uh it's it's a pretty crazy story too i mean it tells a true story um 
of uh, Hugh Glass and man crawling crawling for 200 miles in the wilderness it's <laughs> it's wild i just have this image of like that's 2 hours of the movie like everything you see in the trails the first 36 minutes and then the last 2 hours just him crawling him crawling <laughs> in real time it's just, just the two series. hours of crawling. It's like uh, it's just a series of unfortunate events that happened. This guy, it's just just when you think it can't get worse for this dude, it gets, it gets worse. so much worse. Just, wow. I mean, he's getting attacked from like, I mean, the he's got to deal with the elements, and then he's got to deal with Native Americans. He's got he's got to deal with everything just barreling down on him. Yeah, but yeah, it's a wild movie, and and the the way that it's shot, the camera work in this. The cinematography is out of control. It is just incredible. And uh, I, I want to see it again. I, I really do. So that's The Revenant. And that's our watch list. Let's, done. let's talk about it. some predictions. All right. What were you going to say? I said we're done. We did it. Yeah. Joy, you said 70. I said 82. Actual 57. Wow. The Hateful Eight, you said 74. I said 86. Actual 76. Concussion. Okay. Yeah, that one. Kind of forgot about that one. You said 54. I said 58. Actual 60. Wow. Point okay. break. You said Point 32. Break. I said 23. Actual 4. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't expect that one to be too good, but man, they... I didn't think it would be that bad. Yeah, they ripped that one a new one. The, the Revenant. You said 80. I said 83. Actual 80. Right on the money with The Revenant. Nice. And Daddy's Home, you said 56, I said 61, actual 28. Yeah. It's fun. It's, I don't know why we would ever release Point Break or even Daddy's Home that weekend, considering mm-hmm. there's so many heavy hitters that are coming out with it. Yeah. Uh, next week, we got a whole lot of nothing. The Hateful Eight, I believe, goes wide next week. So, nice. yeah, so you can check that out. Uh, the only other wide release that I'm aware of is called The Forest. It's a horror movie about the um, suicide forest in Japan. Okay. The 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 suicide forest uh, is a very it's a really interesting story, but I'm not sure if uh, you really need a fictional horror movie made out of it. Yeah. I think I think the Vice. If you check out the Vice documentary, that's that's pretty horrific enough. Really. Gonna take care of it for you. Yeah. Uh, so on this one, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say 36. I'm going to say 12. All right. In limited release next week, also not a whole lot coming out. We have Lamb and Anesthesia. I want to see Lamb. I, I have a mild interest in Lamb. I want to see it. Next week on Video On Demand, we got nothing. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, another, it's another holiday weekend, so it's like they're, they're waiting. On Blu-ray next week, we have Bone Tomahawk. Check that out if you haven't yet. I thought you were going to say Bone Thugs Army again. <laughs> Live in concert. Um, Hitman Agent 47. I did okay. not see that, but I heard it's quite quite bad. Sounds bad. I'll, looks bad. I'll probably watch it when it hits Netflix or whatever. Uh, uh, Heist. That's one with De Niro. That's not not good from what I understand. And that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> Any criterions next week? No criterions. Zero. Nice. So I would say next week, maybe check out Hateful Eight in theaters if it's opening in your area. I'd say check out Hateful Eight and listen to some Boom Thugs in Harmony. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Hey. Fucking enjoy yourself. Now tell me what you're gonna do. <laughs> uh, I just want to hear you rap more Bone Thug. I'll, I'll rap Bone Thugs all day. Crossroads. Nice. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And take a minute to look at our Patreon page if you could. That's patreon.com slash filmpulse. And consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>